0: All right, praise God. Well, this is our last week of our series called House Calls. How many of you have enjoyed the last two weeks? Amen. Well, uh, next week is a new series. Well, not a new series. There will be a one-off message that we're doing. And we're going to be just talking about the cross and the power of the cross. You don't want to miss that. And then obviously the following week is Easter Sunday. So, man, start looking for some things on Facebook to start sending some invites to people. And you realize that the majority of people don't come to churches because you haven't invited them. They just look for somebody to give them the invitation. So, do your diligence. Now, if they say no, just remember there's somebody that will say yes. Praise God. And you got more than one friend, don't you? If you only got one, then that's a reason to cry. I'm telling you right there, all right? You need some friends. and so Invite some people, and we're going to just see God do some amazing things. Praise the Lord. Oh, one last thing that I should say or make mention of. Next weekend, Marty Blackwelder. If you've not been here during Marty Blackwelder or since we've had him in, he is just phenomenal. He's going to be up at Cleft of the Rock, our pastor's church. That's up in Midland. If by at all chance you can make it up to their services next weekend, you will not regret, regret being there or just uh, making the drive. Always a blessing. So praise God. Well, are you ready to get into this this morning? Amen. We've been talking about house calls. How many of you realize that God is the original house call maker? You know, when we started this, we referenced it or kind of drew our thinking back to those old days when the doctors made house calls. You just made the call and they showed up. And they purposed to help uh, in the area of what ailed you. If they could help mend you, they got you mended in what their endeavors were to get you healthy. And uh, in this modern era, you know, you got to make an appointment. You got to get there after a a month finally. And by the time you actually get there, you've already started feeling better. And then when you get there, they got to check your PHL, your MOHL, whatever those, you know, your your insurance policy, you know, do you have insurance or do you not? You know, just all kinds of red tape. You got to take a number. You got to wear a mask. You got to get your temperature tested, all this stuff. But how many of you know that God doesn't make you jump through the hoops to get him to make a house call? He is the house call maker. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so one of the things the Bible says is that all that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So in other words, the moment you call, he shows up. The moment you say, Jesus, he comes running. Amen. And so you're here this morning. You lifted your praise. And so he is here in the midst of us right now. So, whatever you have need of, listen, I want you to uh, hear this by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. If you're sitting here today and you've got some things going on in your body, some pains, some challenges, some difficulties in your physical body. Maybe it's mental health. I don't know what it is, but as I'm sharing the word of God, I want you to begin to take notice of what's going on in your body because the word of God is anointed. The anointing destroys the yoke and it removes the burden. So as you're sitting under the word, the medicine of God's word is beginning to work in your life, in your mind, in your health, in your marriages, whatever it ails you, God is making a house call this morning. Can somebody say amen? Amen. All right, so if you remember, we began to start this series out by looking at when the Old Covenant or the Old Testament, if you will, that this was before Jesus came and did the work of the cross. But the Bible shows us and tells us that, man, if you had leprosy, if you were sick all you had to do was call for the priest, and the priest would make a house call, and the, the, the priest would give you some instructions as to what was needed to be done, but at the end of all that, the priest would make a sacrifice and shed blood, and as a result of that, there was a guarantee that you would walk in health and healing. Now once again, this is Old Testament before Jesus came, and so therefore, if you could believe for Jesus to, or for God to show up and do a work in your body in the Old Covenant, which is a lesser covenant or a lesser promise, how much more do we in this new covenant with Jesus, have the confidence and the guarantee that Jesus will make a house call? Amen. And so we saw that not only did they call on the priest, but we also saw that in the New Testament, or Jesus has become our high priest. So not only did they call for the priest in the old covenant, in this new covenant, or under this new promise, we're still calling on the high priest. Hey, Jesus! And he says, I'm coming. I'm going to show up. Praise the Lord. So what did you come here for this morning? Did you come here just to get a good message? Did you come just to get a good nap? Did you come just to hang out with some people and grab a cup of coffee? Or did you come here to have a meeting with Jesus? Because if you came here with an expectation, the healer's here to meet your need. Amen? All right, in week number two, last week we talked about the significance of what enforced the power of those covenants. In the Old Covenant, we said that in order for the promise of God to be ensured, the priest had to sacrifice blood or make a sacrifice where blood was shed. But if there is a lesser covenant, a lesser covenant can't have superior results. We say, well, God don't do those things anymore in this time and this hour in this age. Well, he did it before Jesus. So how is it that a lesser covenant or promise has superior results compared to this day? No, Jesus says, I've come to give you a better promise or a better covenant with better promises. So therefore, we don't have a lesser blood. We have a superior blood that was shed for this new covenant. And Jesus said, I gave my blood to be sacrificed for you. And it sealed the deal that when you call on me, I'll make a house call. Praise the Lord. And so today, we're going to take it a step further, and we're going to wrap it up. And I, again, I pray that as I'm sharing the Word of God, that it stirs your faith to position you to say, today's my day. Today's my day that the physician, Jesus, the healer, is going to meet my need. Amen? So let me re- remind you or refresh your thinking here from Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, or beginning in verse 14, it says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Let us, everybody say us. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Now, notice what it says there. It says, let us... When we read that, sometimes I think that we read scriptures and gloss over them and kind of fail to see the strength or the depth of the verse in which we're reading. He says, Let us approach the throne of God confidently. Or the King James says, Come boldly. And so we're like, well, yes, praise the Lord. God says, Let us come to the Throne of God, let us approach him with confidence. But you realize when he's talking to the us, he is not talking to the collective congregation of saying, let us. When the apostle Paul is speaking of us, he's speaking of you. So I want you to think of this this morning as we're sharing, that whenever God is talking to the what appears to be the collective audience, what he's really doing is he's talking to you. He says, you, come confidently. Come confidently. Well, what am I coming confidently for? He said to receive. Come confidently to receive the help that you need in the time that you need it. Well, when's a good time to receive healing? Right now because I need it. Well, I thought God tries to teach me things. You don't have scripture to prove that. Well, I think God just lets you hang on to it just to keep you humble. No, we don't have any scripture for that. No, the Bible says that there's help in time of need. Well, if you have need in your body, excuse me, right now to have physical health and wholeness, then the healer is here to make a house call. And I want you to say, hey, I have the ability, me, not you, not us, no, me, I can come confidently and boldly this morning because I showed up and therefore I'm going to receive. Praise God. How many of you want to receive this morning? Amen. You know, I asked, or I wanted to ask this question, and so forgive me, I'm going to take some liberties this morning to share somebody's story, and and, and I know they wanted to share it, and one of these days I'll have them share it, and, but I just thought, man, I can't pass up this opportunity to share this story. This one particular individual in our church just recently had some health issues, and uh, was uh, uh, uh the, the, the surgeon, or excuse me, the doctor called and says, we got the test results and we would like you to come in to discuss the test results. And the person said, you know, it's never something that you want to hear because typically if it's good reports, you know, they just tell you right on the phone, but they want to come in or they want us to come in to discuss those things. Well, when they went in, they found out that it was a tumor. And obviously anytime that you have a tumor or something in your body, what's the first thing that you think of? cancer and so this individual this woman her and her husband began to talk and the husband said i was just talking to the lord and the lord said to me everything's going to be okay and it's not going to be cancer i praise god i'm excited about that and so this individual went into the doctor got the biopsies went in to get the results like the doctor asked them to and when they got into the doctor the doctor says well it's not cancer just a, just a tumor, t- tissue tumor kind of thing. And they said, now we recommend that you have it removed just so that it don't have any prolonged effects. But this is what we recommend. Well, obviously, you know, you think, dear God, i got to get surgery. Oh, my goodness. And so she was like, man, that just bums me out. So she went home and talked to her husband and told him the results of the story. And she, she said, he started bawling. And she's thinking, oh, dear God, he's losing it. i got to believe for myself. i got to believe God with you. And here you are. You're a basket case. She's like, what's going on? And he's crying. And he says, God was faithful to his word. It's not cancer. Whew. Come on. How many of you know there's, there's bad things that happen to good people because we live in a fallen world? But God is faithful to his promise. And if God says, I'll bring you through to the other side, I'll get you through the fire, I'll get you through the water, you can rest assured we're going to the other side. Amen? And so, man, I'm telling you, if God can do it for one, he can do it for somebody else because he still makes house calls today. How many of you are ready for your house call today? You're in the house. Amen. Well, so with that being said, As we continue to look forward in this, I said that he tells us to come boldly, to come confidently, and when it says us, he's saying you. But the moment that we start to hear that, when we say us, oh yeah, us, but then when we internalize it and personalize it, we start to take a step back. Oh, you mean me? I can come boldly and confidently? And the tone in our voice changes. Well, why does it change? Because immediately when I start to point the finger at myself, oh, I can come boldly and I can come confidently, all of a sudden these waves of insecurity start to come. And all the voices of inadequacies and failures begin to talk and chant and torment my mind to say, do you think you qualify? You think you qualify to receive from Jesus? Yeah, it says us, but the us and what they're talking about is all the good Christians. You know how you are. And so instantly we start to disqualify ourselves where collectively, oh yes, we can come confidently and boldly, praise the Lord. But now when I start to really let the rubber meet the road, oh me, me, yes, you, you this morning, you're here this morning and you qualify. So let me just share some verses with you, because as we think of the collective group, there's confidence, but I want you to focus on you this morning, because you matter, and you mean something to God. You mean so much to God that He sent Jesus just for you. You recall we talked about the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, and the purpose of the blood, right? But if you recall in John chapter 20, I've shared this a number of times, and so it will just bear repeating, but this particular passage of Scripture, man, it just messes me up because it really goes to show how much God loves the one individual, and how much God loves you. Do You know, the, the Bible speaks of Mary Magdalene, right? And the Bible references her in just how she blessed Jesus. But when Jesus was crucified, he was put in the tomb. And if you recall, the story goes that Mary went to tend to the tomb where they had laid Jesus. And when she got there, Jesus had already risen. And he's gone. This is the Jesus that changed her life. This is the Jesus that turned her world upside down. And she goes to the tomb, and Jesus is not there. But then Jesus appears as she's mourning the fact that he's not there. And she didn't recognize that it was Jesus. And he asked her the question. He says, why are you troubled? And she says, where have they put him? I came to tend to his body. Where did they take him? And the Bible says that Jesus then spoke her name and said, Mary. And the moment that the voice of Jesus, remember I said my mother-in-law, didn't recognize my sister-in-law but when she spoke, she knew the voice. When Jesus spoke her name, Mary's like, Jesus, it's you. And the next statement that Jesus makes, he says, now don't touch me. Wait a minute, don't touch me. So the way he says it, she must have tried to run in and embrace him. But he says, no, don't touch me. For I've not yet ascended to the Father. Now, what was he ascending for? He had already went to the cross. He had already went to hell. He was now rising from hell and death and the grave and the thing or the purpose that he was going to do was the most significant thing of why he came to this earth and that was to take his blood that was shed and take it to the throne before God and place it on the mercy seat and that's why he said to her don't touch me because I've not yet been glorified I still have to take the blood and put it on the mercy seat before God so that he can seize the blood Before his throne. The most significant thing that Jesus came to do was to present the blood before God. But here's this woman that says, What did they do with my Jesus? And on the journey back to heaven to take the blood, he takes the time to stop for one. Hey, Mary i seen you mourning here and that your heart was heavy. I just wanted to come and tell you that I loved you. Taking the blood to the Father, but I just wanted to stop for a moment to let you know that I love you. She meant that much to him. He was taking the blood for all humanity, but one mattered. And he took the time. I know you might at times feel insignificant, but you matter. And I know you look in the mirror and you say, but God, look at what I've done and look at how I've acted and look at how I've treated you. And God says, I don't see all that because the blood is in front of me. I see you through the blood and I love you. And you matter to me. I want to continue to share just that concept of how much God loves you. And that just one, if you were the only one, Jesus would make a house call today for you. If you recall the scriptures, we continually see stories of Jesus ministering to the sick. And always through the ministering of uh, of health and healing to the sick, the Bible always says that there were those that thronged him or that there was the multitude or that there was a great multitude. So in other words, wherever Jesus went, there was a lot of fanfare. You talk about paparazzi today, you know, the royals think that they have an issue with the paparazzi. Listen, nobody's ever had a paparazzi like Jesus. The Bible says that thousands of people flocked because they were getting healed and they were hoping that they would be the next one in line. But it didn't matter how many people, the hundreds, the thousands that tried to get Jesus, Jesus always had time for the one. You know the scripture in regards to uh, where it says in John chapter 4, starting in verse 46, it's concerning the nobleman's son. He comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, he says, my son is sick unto death. Come on, I don't know if any of you parents have had children that have been sick, that have been struggling, that have had to go into the doctor. That The the, the report seems grim. I'm telling you, there, there is no grief like a child that is not doing well, and you're concerned about the outcome. This man came to Jesus, and he said, My son is sick unto death. And Jesus said, Go your way. Your son has been made whole. And the Bible says that the man believed and went his way, and it was as Jesus said. All these people trying to get Jesus' attention, and this one man says, Jesus, my son... I know that that one there has a son, and that one has a daughter, and that one's sick unto death, but I have a son, and he's unto death. Will you do something? in Jesus says, for you, I will. You matter. Your son matters to me. Do you remember the story concerning the healing of the leper over in Luke chapter 5? In Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 12, it says, it says and when it happened... When he was in a certain city that, behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus and he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Stop there for just a moment. It says that this man fell on his face and implored with Jesus. So in other words, he's like, God, I want your attention, He fell on his face and pleaded with him. And he says, if you are willing, I know you can. Isn't that what holds us up? We know that God can, but will he? And why do we ask the question of will he? It's because we have this guilt, this insecurity of saying, God, I know where I've been. I know what I've done. And God, I know you can, but I just don't know if you will. But listen, you matter. You matter to him. Notice what it goes on to say. In verse 13, it says, Then he put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, to be cleansed. One translation says it this way Of course I am. God, if you're willing. And he says, Well, of course I am. Immediately the leprosy left him. And what does it go on to say in verse 25, I believe? Do we have 25? Or no, I'm sorry, that's the next one. All right. I'm trying to use my new screen. I got ahead of myself, that's all right. So what did we see? He says, I'm willing. He implored him. Why did he implore him with such anguish? Because he didn't know. And how do we approach God? God, oh, please, if you're willing, you matter this morning. Amen? Amen. The Bible speaks of the healing of the paralytic, the man that was paralyzed. You remember, this is the story of the man that had four crazy friends. They were in the house. Remember that Jesus was in the house and the house was so crowded. There were so many people that they couldn't get into where Jesus was. So the four crazy friends, they said, let's get up on top of the roof and let's tear it apart and let's lower lower the man, our friend, right in front of Jesus. You remember the story. Now notice what it says in Luke chapter 5, verse 17. It says, Now it happened on a certain day, as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by, who had had come out out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. Verse 17 says, And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Let's stop there for a moment. It says all these people were there. And healing power was present for them all. I want you to hear that. The power of God was present to heal them. Now notice the next verse. Verse 24. It says, But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on this earth to forgive sin. And he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Praise the Lord. They lowered him down, and all these people were standing there spectating, saying, well, is he going to do it? Is he going to heal on the Sabbath? And the Pharisees stood there with their righteous indignation and pompous attitude. And it says that the power of God was present to heal them. But what was the one that received? The one that recognized, I can be the one. I can be the one. In fact, I'm not going to let anything stand in my way. Not these people, not this roof, not these Pharisees. I'm going to be the one today. My question for you today, are you going to be the one? Remember the story of the man at the pool of Bethesda, John chapter 5, starting in verse 2. The man at the pool of Bethesda, the Bible says that there were all kinds of people surrounding this sea, that when the angel of the Lord came and stirred the water, the first one that was in the water was made whole. And so the Bible says that Jesus went to the, this particular man that was a paralytic. Think of it. All of these people, Jesus had to step over. Excuse me. Excuse me, excuse me. I, I need to get over there to that guy. Excuse me. I'm so, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to step on your fingers. Sorry. He finally gets through all these people to the one. I said to the one. Why didn't he do the first one that he came in contact with? Or the second, or the third, or the fourth, or the hundredth? Because that one mattered. And then he gets to the man and he says, Do you want to be made well? And the man says, Sir, I don't have a man to put me in the water. And everybody gets in, in, in front of me. And he says, Sir, today's your day. Rise up and walk. Obviously, he didn't have a whole lot of faith, did he? Obviously, he had already succumbed to the circumstances. And you think that you don't qualify because of a bad attitude from time to time. You don't think you qualify because you struggle in your faith from time to time. This man was not even in the position of receiving because he had already given up and succumbed to the fact that I don't have any help. But Jesus said, you're the one. And I love you, and I walk through all these people to get to you, to tell you today's your day, that in spite of your lack of faith, in spite, in spite of your bad attitude, I love you enough because you're the one. Come on, somebody say, I'm the one. I'm the one. Remember the story of the demoniac person, the mad man of Gadara, found in Matthew chapter 8. The Bible says that this man was demon-possessed, that he would go around the countryside and screaming and tormenting people. He was naked. He was quite the sight to behold. And Jesus went to where this man was and got out of the boat, and this demon-possessed man met him. Not only did the devil use this man to torment, torment the countryside, he sent this man full of demons to go torment Jesus. But Jesus didn't see this individual that was being, uh, being used by the devil to torment him as well as these people. He saw a man that needed to be set free. How many of you know that there are people that just willingly give themselves over to the enemy just because of hurt, ignorance, or whatever it might be? But he said, you know what? You matter. You're the one. Behold, be set free today. And the man said that he came back into his right mind, dressed himself, and was like, Is not this the man that used to be that guy? Look at him now. Why? Because Jesus loved him. Are you doing okay? Can I give you just a couple more? What am I doing? I'm trying to get you to see that one matters. And today, you're that one. That today, you can come boldly to receive. You remember the story of blind Bartimaeus? The Bible says that he was blind. Jesus was coming through. He heard about Jesus. And the Bible says that he's standing over there. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they said, shut up. Quit making so much noise. Leave the master alone. He's got other business to attend to. He's got other people to see today. He's got other people to minister today. There's other people that have far worse sicknesses and ailments than you. Shut up and be quiet. And the Bible says that Bartimaeus yelled all the more, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And it says that Jesus stopped and went and ministered to Bartimaeus. And his sight was renewed and restored. Why? Because the one mattered. The woman with the issue of blood. You've heard the story often. But the Bible says that she had a plague. That there was something going on with her. That she was unclean and she was highly contagious. So it was against the law for her to go where Jesus was. But she says, no, I'm coming confidently. I'm coming boldly. Today's my day because today I'm the one. I've heard about Jesus and I'm going to where he's at. I'm going to church today. If it was GVC, she said, I'm going to GVC today because I'm going to get mine because I'm the one. And the Bible says that she went to where he was and touched Jesus and healing power left his body. And he says, who touched me? So obviously he wasn't aware of it. It was her faith and it was her heart cry that reached out to Jesus. And the Bible says that she was made well at that very moment. Why? Because she was the one. Remember the story of the woman that was caught in the act of adultery. Once again, guilt and shame. Insecurity keeps us from coming to God with boldness. The woman uh, that was caught in the act of adultery, the Bible says that they were all there to accuse her, and they says, well, let's just find out what Jesus is going to say. He's going to surely tell us what, what we need to do, and by law, she should have been stoned and killed. But then they said, well, Jesus, what do you say? And he says, well, any one of you that doesn't have sin, cast the first stone. And then one by one, the Bible says that the accusers left, and he turned to her, and he says, where are your accusers? And she says, there is none. And he says, neither do I accuse you. Go and be free from your sin. You see, God's not looking at your shortcomings in order for you to be qualified or unqualified. The Bible says that Jesus paid the sacrifice. He shed his blood so that it would cover your sin, and mine. These stories are familiar, familiar to us, but when we come to the understanding that Jesus established a new covenant, and God does not see you any longer, but he sees the sacrifice. Why can you come boldly to the throne? And why can you come confidently? Because as you come, Jesus has already put between us and God the filter of the mercy seat or the blood on the mercy seat. And therefore, were cleansed and made whole. Amen. Let's stand. In Romans chapter 10, the Bible says that all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, once again, we say, well, sure, anybody, all of us, if we call on Jesus, Jesus will forgive us of our sins. But that word saved is not just salvation. It also means, because it is a covenant word, it means protection, it means provision, it means health and healing, and it means eternal life. All who call, you who call, Jesus makes a house call. Are you ready to receive from Him this morning? With every head bowed and every eye closed, praise the Lord. I had this earlier. I'm subject to miss it just like anybody. But if you had headaches or migraines or if that's been a troubling you, have you sensed that the headaches or the pain or the discomfort has dissipated during this service? Because you matter. You're the one. How many of you have had joints? I don't know, Arthritis. There's things that have been ailing you, pains, discomfort. Oh, the healer is in the house to make house calls in Jesus' name. If you're watching online, if you're listening online, if there's something that's going on in your physical body, in Jesus' name, we're going to pray. And as we pray, the healing power of God is going to visit you right where you're at. For all that call on the name of the Lord shall be healed. If you have need of your healing in your body, would you just raise your hand? If something has been plaguing you, troubling you, affecting you, one hand, two hand, three hands, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, I see those hands, ten, I saw that, praise the Lord. You can put them down once you put them up. Now, there's multiple ways in which we can minister healing to those that are ailing. But what I'm going to do today is just simply Pray and pray in the name. If you recall, the Bible says that there was a man that was healed and came before the Pharisees. And they said, how is it that this man is healed? And he says, through the name. Through faith in the name. The name of Jesus is above every name, every sickness, every disease. And so when I pray in the name, the name of Jesus is going to break that power, is going to break that curse, is going to break that hold on your physical body right now in Jesus' name. Why? Because the glory of God is in this place and the very presence of God is here to minister to you. Why? Because you are the one that he cares about. If you're online, when I begin to pray, you just say, I receive it now in Jesus' name. If you've raised your hands, will you do me a favor? Nobody's looking around. I'm not saying this to embarrass anybody. But if you raised your hand, will you at this moment just lift both hands towards heaven as though you're ready to receive? Father, in the name of Jesus. For every person that is watching or listening online, to those that are in this place under the sound of my voice, in Jesus' name, in the matchless mighty name, the name that is above every name, the name that empowers the blood of Jesus to be of effect in their bodies right now, in Jesus' name, we declare and speak health, healing, and wholeness over their entire body, spirit, soul, and body, their mind, their emotions, whole in jesus name we thank you for it now and everyone said amen and amen amen praise god who was the one does anybody have the headaches anybody in here had headaches when you came in you had the headaches how's it doing now if you'll find now praise god amen amen Now you're not just telling me that to tell me that right all right? So <laughs> Amen. Praise God. All right, who's the one that had joint pains? Anybody had joint pains? Arthritis of some kind? Anybody? You noticing any difference? Good? You just telling me that just because it's the right thing to say or do you actually feel some difference? Amen. All right, praise God. Amen. Now, those are the two things that I know that the Lord spoke to my heart. If God can answer those prayers and know ahead of time and tell me, then how many of you know that he knows yours? So as you leave today, don't go in saying, Well, dear God, did I get it? Did I not get it? No, you walk out of here and say, I'm the one today, and I received it in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you feel a little twinge or a little discomfort, say, Oh, no, devil, I want to remind you, I qualify. I qualify. And so you just have to leave now in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Well, I'm going to let you go. remember this coming Wednesday, 6 o'clock, we have church prayer and our last class of Impact Leadership. God bless you. We'll see you next time.